Welcome to Change the Channel. Is it me or does it feel like time is moving faster? It almost feels like God is just like, okay, it's time to wrap up the show. Meatheads are, are kind of ruining everything. It's paradise planet, right? With these psychopaths that are just destroying the earth and, you know, can't think about anything but profit. You know, I, I watched Don't Look Up on Netflix, and I, I was disappointed. The trailer looked good. I thought the idea was very strong, but the movie was not well executed. But the whole idea of, like, you know, though there's a comet that might have uh, all these precious metals, you know, never mind, it's going to destroy the Earth. Let's try to mine it for the minerals or the, the metals. That's th exactly the attitude of... Uh, it apparently seems to be the attitude of these conglomerates or wealthy or elite, whoever they are, the, the trolls lurking in the shadows. I don't know them personally, so I shouldn't judge them, but it feels to me as if they have no moral compass whatsoever and are really just, you know, not concerned with <laughs> destroying the earth. And then there's the people that think, oh, climate change is a hoax. Really? Why would someone invent that kind of a hoax? What would be the point behind that? Um, but talking about information, and, and it's very hard to verify anything these days. What's true? What isn't? What's a fact? I'm not biblical. I'm not a fundamentalist Christian or anything. But I think I would agree with them on the point that in the Bible revelations, it talks about in the end times, everything will be backwards. It'll be reversed or made to feel like it's not real. Uh, that's really feels like what's going on. I mean, we don't even know what's real anymore. And um, <clears throat> how do you verify things? You, you could go to a website and it could say, yeah, this was peer reviewed. But do you really know it was peer reviewed? And, you know, it could have references that are made up. Everything on the Internet is so easily manipulated, manipulative-able <laughs> uh, that it's hard to tell. It seems like there was a time when we could be certain of, of a fact versus uh, an idea. But, you know, came the dawn of the Internet, so came the conspiracy theories just flooding us, right? And that's very worrisome because vulnerable, spiritually vulnerable people, especially younger people, searching for answers, searching for truth, wanting to know what the F is going on, stumble across just some random whatever online and, and might believe it, and then, you know, are artificially woken and, and feel the need, it's, or feel like it's their responsibility to spread that information, which it's not, but that's seems to be what happens and before you know it you know it's like we just got these brainwashed people well in my opinion conspiracy theories are a conspiracy because they most of them are just fear-based they're preying on people's vulnerabilities they're feeding false information and they're dangerous and a lot you know all the all the ones that are kind of aimed at um 
the United States and the history of the United States and the Federal Reserve and all this stuff, all these different theories. You know, in a way, it is uh, those conspiracy theories are a form of terrorism because they are attempting to deroute someone's own patriotism or belief in their own country or, or turn them against their own country. And that's that's dangerous, in my opinion. Um, now I'm, I'm not talking about the stuff that's actually true. And some of these theories are true. Uh, but it's the connotation, it's the attitude, it's the tone, it's all these things that you add to it that you can make it more scary, you know? Like, some of the f the facts that are involved in these conspiracy theories are just, you know, they are what they are, but they're added to sound more scary than they actually are. Or they're, what will happen a lot is like the Christian fundamentalists per se, when they have a conspiracy theory, they intertwine Christianity with politics. And it's like, you don't do that. You know, why would you mix religion and politics into one shit covered package to freak people out? Like it's stupid. And, and these are low lives, right? A lot of them that have nothing better to do and they think they're on some righteous path and it's all about fear-based bullshit and it's there's totally devoid of joy and that's another thing if you're just browsing conspiracy theories all day and on the computer or whatnot there's a good chance you're devoid of joy that's another effect of these bogus theories so i i challenge you to think about you know, the point there. It's not your responsibility to wake people up. If you come across some information that's eye-opening, it's still not your responsibility to go telling everybody about it and, and, and wake them up or help think you're helping them. Especially if it's fear-based and it's a shit sandwich, you're just really, you're not doing them a favor, you're harming them in a way and yourself. So, Think about that. I, I wrote an essay about conspiracies years ago. Conspiracy theories are a conspiracy, it was titled. And I don't know where it is right now, but touched a lot on Christian fundamentalist stuff because me and a friend were exposed to um, some, some of that information through these, these guys we met in the 90s. And they were just so full-blown brainwashed. And they were very, very hardly trying. They were trying to brainwash us, basically. And, you know, we were young and vulnerable. And, and we, we, we took the bait. And um, our lives were changed. And I remember feeling like it was my responsibility to, to wake others up and tell them about it. And I didn't get a good response most of the times, you know. Um, so how do we find the truth? Well, I don't know. One of my friends says he, he just uh, bases things on how his, what his heart tells him. And I respect that, and I understand where he's coming from, but that's not all of it, because you got to include the mind, too. And with the mind comes programming, just like a computer, a quantum computer. We are totally programmable from birth. We can be raised with all sorts of ideas or, or ways, uh, and some of the uh, Central American tribes, they raise their children with no fear. There was a picture of a man holding his baby on the palm of his hand. The baby was standing straight up in the air, standing on the palm of his hand to prove it was not afraid, right? You can, it's all programming. So 
when we are looking for truth, we have to realize that um, we have to, I almost sound like I know what I'm talking about. Now I'm like, well, any, there, there's, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I struggle with it today. If I want to verify something, you know, especially about the virus or the vaccine, it's like, where the hell would I go? I'm not going to trust anyone at this point. I'm not going to trust the CDC or the WHO or, you know, Facebook or the fact checker site. I'm not going to trust any of that shit. Mostly it's by observation, really. That's how I can trust things, right? Is COVID real? Well, go to a hospital or, or talk to a friend who lost a loved one or, or someone in your family. Yeah, COVID's real. There's people that think COVID is not real. It's like, give me a break. How under a shell are you that you don't know anyone that's gotten COVID or, or you know, heard about someone dying from it? It's real. I had it and it sucked. And I tell you what, I'm still having digestive issues months and months later. And, um, well, the other question is, where did it come from? Is it man-made? Did it leak from a lab? All those things, I don't know. But uh, the one thing I do know is that it's real, okay? And you can call it COVID-19. You can call it whatever the hell. Just call it sketchy as hell. But it's real. Sketchy as hell is everywhere, okay? So we have this pandemic crap to deal with at the same time of the information war really heating up. And I say information war... Uh, because that's what it is when you have a flooding of information that's intended to derail people from the truth. And that's what a lot of these conspiracy theories are. They're nothing more than distractions. Some of them are intentionally aimed to try to dismantle the country. They're trying to (coughs) derail people's faith in their own country, belief in their own country. Um, change the attitude towards their own country. Um, So you need to be really careful with this stuff because information is more powerful than you might imagine. Um, And that's what's going on. All this flooding of different ideas seems like it's purposely trying to distract and divide. And the division part is so huge with the polarization. And it's so obvious in the latest form of polarization or or intentionally trying to divide people is through the uh the whole vax and anti-vax thing it's completely ridiculous to batch every person that might be vax hesitant or interested in learning more about the safety of vaccines or their ingredients or their effects or long-term effects it's totally rational to have concerns about a vaccine, especially an experimental vaccine that was so rushed, unlike anything in history. And to be hesitant of putting that in your body and especially your children's bodies. So you're not an anti-vaxxer because you have questions. I heard a guy said, if I had (laughs) three polio shots and then got polio, I'd have a lot of questions. And I think that purple... perfectly portrays the kind of naivety that is happening with this whole thing and it's polarized now you got the the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers and that's such bs it's not that black and white there's a ton of shade in the middle different types of people 
some people that are vax hesitant, but they still went ahead and got the vax. There's people that are totally, you know, maybe truly anti-vax where they, they don't believe in vaccines. They're probably uh, well-informed people because a study by M- MIT showed that people that are vax hesitant or anti-vax are of the most well-informed Americans. So you've got that, right? It's not just like uneducated uh, Trump followers that are skeptical of the vax. There are a lot of intelligent people that are skeptical of the vax. And I'm not saying, you know, don't get vaxxed. I'm just, you know, objectively looking at all these cards on the table and these pieces of this shit show puzzle that has, you know, it, ever since 9-11, this country's never been the same. It, it seems like it's just been getting worse and worse. Not only a loss of liberties and other things like that, but the fear and the polarization and the, the media's fear-based bullshit 24-7, you know, pushing the fear envelope, pushing the, the virus every single day, naming the variants like hurricanes. It's so stupid, and it's so overplayed, and it's so unhealthy. And you would think that these media conglomerates, the people that run these, uh, like they're not even human at this point. It's like, why you have nothing better to do than... You know, we're not action figures that you're playing with and you can just turn against each other and, and manipulate in every way you want. That's what they, it seems like. Um, so what was my point is, you know, if you want truth, really a good thing to do is, is try to find it inside of you, right? Because you got to be clear. If you want to be clear, and really, you know, aware of the clarity and aware of that kind of home base within yourself and know it's you, it's you. You've got to do the work to get there because you've got to do a little bit of deprogramming, maybe a little work on your diet or detoxification, um, maybe some rituals like meditation and whatnot. You've got to find uh, some <clears throat> a lifestyle that will bring you closer to clarity versus, and it's, it's more about deduction than it is adding something. Uh, you know, like deduction as in like fasting, taking food away instead of adding. So it's not always about adding. Life isn't always about adding. Satisfaction, happiness is not about adding. Like the Vipassana meditation, the theory is craving is the root of all suffering, right? Craving is the root of all suffering. So you take things away, it keeps you hungry, right? That's what they say you need to do if you want to keep your edge, stay hungry. So it's not about adding more things to your life and always shopping. And I think more happiness comes from simplicity, taking things away. Basics, right? Organized, no clutter. But let's talk about something else because this stuff gets too intense. I've been single for a while now. I'm totally shifting the, the conversation to relationships now. And um, I've enjoyed it. I've got to be honest. Uh, I've certainly felt lonely at times. I've certainly craved intimacy at times. But giving myself the chance to get to know myself better and be okay with myself and love myself, learn to love myself and cultivate self-love skills, that's the ultimate thing that's going to enhance life, improve life is being okay with yourself. I mean, the, 
self-doubt, self-sabotage, self-hatred are all the causes of a lot of things related to addictions and mental health. And, you know, if we want to be happy, we got to be happy in the skin we're in and, and we're with ourselves 24 seven, you know, we got to learn to love that person and it's not easy. And, um, but I've, I've cultivated a relationship that with myself that I feel has been productive and, uh, so many insights have come, you know, and there's been a lot of times where I've been, I was, I was like, you know, I just, I want to find someone date, start dating. Um, but I'm okay being patient to find the right person instead of just jumping from relationship to relationship and trying to cover up feelings or avoid the feelings from the last relationship. Um, I've had time to process everything from the old, the last relationship I was in. And I've had time to think about what I actually would want from a person. And I've written about it. I think that's really helpful. I wrote like, I don't know, a few pages about the the ideal match, right? And um, I really want a partner that has certain characteristics and will complement my characteristics in certain ways. And but I see a need to redefine relationships entirely, come up with a whole new model of what a relationship can look like. Because I believe that the typical relationship or marriage uh, doesn't work. It often fails because it's obsolete and because there was no thought put into the thing when you jumped into it. You just did what you've learned by observation, by what other people are doing around you. You know, that's how we do so many things. So this blind faith, why we all got vaxxed, right? Blind faith. And it's, uh, uh, is what it is. That's not a cop out of a statement. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a winter in the East. You know, I've survived 46 winters now. (laughs) and I've got no trophy. And there's a lot of things I've done in life where I should have a trophy for, but I don't. It's the most important things in life that you do and accomplish that you're never going to get accolades for. So just realize that now and save yourself some pain. Give yourself credit. Give yourself a pat on the back. People are just not receptive. It's not their nature. And we're in this more of this survival mode in this, you know, exhaustion mode. And people are just not going to show as much compassion and they're not going to be as supportive. It's going to feel like they don't care, but it's really, you, you can't take it personal. That just goes back to the basic four agreements, right? Don't take anything personal because it's not, it's never about you really. It's about them, you know, everybody, it's about you. Everything is about who it is. Like that this doesn't make much sense, but it's just, don't take it personal because you don't know what's going on in that person's life or their mind. It may seem they don't care or they're distant or they're not appreciative or, or they don't have any compassion for you, but really they do. And you have to be pretty vocal these days to stand out with any kind of statement about yourself or life, like because there's so much information and 
everyone's speaking their minds on social media and everybody's distracted and trying to survive. And if you, if you're hurting, if you, if you need help, you know, if you, any of those things, like you have to like really just be assertive about it and speak out loudly about it and, and, and think about what you're trying to accomplish in that whole process. And, and, Think about what you can do for yourself without the help of others. It's a good time to become self-sufficient in this whole COVID period. It's a great time to cultivate a relationship with yourself. It's a good time to, you know, rest because it's been exhausting. It's okay to rest. You don't have to have, you know, 50 goals a day that you achieve or, or multitask and, and be this creative and productive machine and have three different f forms of passive income and own crypto and NFTs and start your own Amazon business. And you don't have to do anything except die someday. And science is working on a way to stop that. So it's all about the stories in your mind, right? We make them up all the time. And they're not, so many are not true. Like, maybe it's our birthday or maybe we're going through a hard time or lost a loved one and, and John, one of our friends, John per se, has not responded. He has not responded on social media. He has not liked a post. He has not commented on a post. He has not contacted you. He has not called you. Well, we don't know what's going on with John, but often we'll make up a story that John must be mad or John must not like me. And the truth is we have no idea what's going on in John's heart and mind. But we do that to ourselves all the time. We create these stories that aren't real. And once you understand the whole concept of stories and you know what's real from not, and you bring it back to yourself and be accountable, it's very freeing. But you also may come to the perception of uh, people really just don't care. They don't care. Um, they're busy with their own situations. And if you have one good friend, right, that'll be there for you, you've got a lot right there. Um, but yeah, the more you can rely on yourself, the better. And another thing I've been kind of thinking about and preparing for is, um, you know, more emergency situations. I, I'm kind of a basic, you know, low grade doomsday prepper. I'm like on the, you know, beginning phase. I'm not building a bunker, but I'm starting to, you know, save some supplies, get part some particular items that I think will be helpful. You know, even if the power went out for three days or what if the power went out for a month or what if we lost cell phone service for, for a month? I mean, we got to think about this stuff. It could happen. A solar flare could, you know, knock out all the satellites in, a, in an instant. And that would disrupt communications throughout the entire world. We got to think about these things if we want to have a plan. Uh, emergency preparedness, right? Have a family meeting. Talk about a meeting spot. If, if the phones are down, where are you going to go? Uncle Bill's house? What, what is the plan? Um, without 
overtly focusing on it or focusing on fear, it's a very rational and intelligent thing to be prepared for emergencies in this day and age. It's, you know, even the, the uh, FEMA, you know, has a, has a nice website about that stuff. Um, yeah, so very interesting times. It feels like time's speeding up. It feels like we're, we're in the end times. It feels like you never know what could be coming next. I'm an optimist, and I have a lot of hope for 2022, uh, but I don't know what's around the corner. So I'm, you know, I'm skeptically optimist about opt, uh, holding the optimism. And it's annoying. I, I really admit that there's just so many things going on in society right now that are just super annoying and distracting. But that's, you know, really a lot of it's in my control. It's in your control. How much time you spend online on your phone scrolling through social media mindlessly, right? It's okay to do that a couple of times a day, but if you're doing it like, 15, 20 times a day, it's going to affect your psyche. It's going to affect your body. It's going to affect everything. So it's like we determine the level of distraction we allow in our lives pretty much, right? We, we, we have a choice. We can stay entirely focused on our goals and block everything else out, right? And start creating the world we want to live in. Start creating the nation we want to live in. And so much of what I'm thinking and writing about these days is solutions to, to real problems. And I'm foreseeing problems that might arise in the future, right? I'm creating goals around the future. Um, and it's just exciting because... I know I'm going to meet new people, creative and productive people that are kind of on the same page with their visions. And that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. And um, very excited about the possibilities of creation. It's, it's, it's limitless, right? We just got to get through these self-sabotage blocks and these disempowering beliefs about ourselves or about life that that we can't get there or we're never going to get there or you know it's too hard or it's impossible it doesn't even have to be hard the things we think are monstrously hard or out of reach that's the story saying that it might be easy peasy you got to do the work but work doesn't have to be hard that whole word work has come to have a negative connotation Right? Work. I gotta go to work. I gotta go work in the morning. I don't wanna go to work tomorrow. So, like, negative, but work can be positive. It can be f entirely fulfilling and graceful and enriched and full of love, joy, optimism, opportunity, and uh, advancements and potential. There's so many things that work can be. And it's amazing to me that I have more money and I'm more well taken care of when I allow for more downtime. But don't misinterpret that as I'm not doing anything. In downtime, I might be meditating, I might be watching TV, I might be reading a book, I might be doing nothing at all. But I have to make downtime. And then I, it helps me be more creative. I use the energy I save from the downtime and I put it into the next, you know, set of actions. 
getting stuff done, right? And I try to be aware when I'm getting stuff done to stay present, stay in the moment, stay, you know, graceful because that whole process, that whole thing of working and doing something, that's my life passing me by. So I want to enjoy every bit of it. I don't want to like just work to get it out of the way so that I can have fun on the weekend. That sounds like torture to me. I want to enjoy every day of the week. I want to, you know, maximize the potential for each day. And that's a choice. Every, there's so many different choices in the day from, from keeping your chin up to saying hi to that person walking by that you might be shy about. You never know what kind of door is going to open or what kind of person you're going to meet that could bring a more fulfilling scenario to you but you got to try and as you get older you know i think you realize how valuable time is so you're not you want to waste less of you want to waste less of it and, and time and days matter more as you get older obviously but you can if you adopt some of these belief systems early in life say in your 20s you're going to be better off right if you were to take the advice of your parents, your teachers, your friends, whoever, where would you be today if you would have took all of their advice, right? It's hard to say. You can be defiant and rebel against others and maybe not listen. Maybe we weren't actually listening to them growing up but I think we would have saved a world of pain if we would have took the advice of our elders from the get-go. Everyone that gives advice is doing it from the good of their heart. They're doing it because they're trying to help someone. When you're a kid or something and you hear your, your, one of your parents giving you advice, it sounds preachy. It, sounds, it often sounds in a way that doesn't sound valuable, but it, it often very, it is very valuable and based on experience. So, what else can I mix in here for a topic of the last Change the Channel podcast? What does Change the Channel even mean? Well, it's pretty obvious. Just simply means we need new channels, new ideas entirely, new sections, new, entirely new things. We don't have to stop inventing now. A lot of things have been invented, but why stop now? And, and why focus just on, you know, digital products and apps and things like that? Why? It seems like hardly anybody's focused on the real world anymore. All these business ideas and things on social media, it's all about things online and the metaverse and just going to encapsulate us further into isolation and separateness from people and socializing. I don't think I'm you know, an old fart or old school by having a healthy dose of skepticism about this digital advancement. I think I'm part of of a lot of people, you know, there's got to be a vast network of people that know in their hearts that we're spending too much fucking time on phones and screens and, and there's rational, there is reasonable levels of uh, 
worry about things like the metaverse, which are, are going to be highly addictive. And, you know, yeah, I played video games as a kid, but you're talking about virtual reality, you're talking about new levels that I just imagine like empty streets, you know, everybody inside with their virtual headgear on scares me. But uh, let's talk about balloons and parties and boobs and cake and lots of things that aren't fake. I don't know, Billy Bob. Woo! Well, at 33 minutes, I think I'm going to wrap it up, kids. It's been a pleasure to serve. It's been a pleasure to do Change the Channel podcast. I hope you've gotten something from it. If not, oh well. And feel free to drop me a line, an email, a comment, whatever it is. Love to collaborate in some way. I really believe collaboration is the future. Okay, I was told this years ago. Didn't buy it. I was like, well, you know, collaboration is cool and all, but it's not a mandatory thing. But I think it might be more important as we move into the future. Something to think about. Not having to do it by yourself, right? Utilizing the company of others in a group think situation. Could be cool, right? Could be cool. So I'm going to exit this very personal, solo, individual-based, one-person, anti-collaborative podcast, and I'm going to go uh, stretch my hamstrings and eat some yogurt and prank call Lionel Richie. I hope you have a great weekend, a great rest of 2022. Rock on and be yourself and be audacious. Peace out.